everyone, and welcome to another episode of They're a Super Geek. I'm Mariam, and I'm here with my wonderful co-hosts, Jeremy and Kristen, and our wonderful guest for today, Yansu Julian Kim. Tonight, we'll be playing Women Are Werewolves. Uh, but first, uh, who are we? Uh, They're Super Geek is a one-shot AP livestream that highlights the voices of marginalized folks in TRPGs, and we also feature gender-marginalized GMs and a diverse rotating cast. We are also a proud member of the Misdirected Mark Network. And uh, yeah, so joining us tonight is the wonderful Yunsu Julian Kim, who is a wonderful TRPG designer and uh, the one of the designers for the wonderful game that we're going to be playing today. Uh, but before we begin our game, let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Who are we and uh, where can we find you? And I'll start off with myself. I am Miriam. I am uh, a TRPG writer, uh, streamer, podcaster. Uh, I'm mostly known for working and uh, playing and doing stuff in Sarsamine, which is the South Asian campaign setting that I'm uh, writing. And uh, that is me. You can follow me on Twitter at media underscore junkie. And I'm going to pass it on to uh, Jeremy. Thanks, Miriam. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Jeremy. I use they, them pronouns. I'm a uh, I'm an educator, a um, or I'm, a, I'm an educator, a designer, uh, a game designer, um, and a streamer, mostly with Tazgeek here. Um, but I occasionally try to pop onto things over at Utopia, um, and my voice may be showing up on Well Season Stories at some point as well. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm that's me. Um, I'll talk more about where you can find my stuff later but for now i'm gonna pass it off to Kristen. thanks jeremy hi friends i'm Kristen. she her pronouns you can find me on twitter at Kristen is no jedi i am a tabletop role-playing game designer writer i do this wonderful live stream with two of my favorite people uh, bi-weekly on thursdays and i also have a interview show that i co-host over over on the geek spective network called tabletop babble but i'll talk more about that at the end of the show for now i'm gonna pass it over to julian to talk about this fantastic game thank you uh, I'm Yansu Julian Kim. You all can call me Julian. Uh, and I am the co-designer of this game, Women Are Werewolves, along with my uh, co-designer, Cass Taylor. And yeah, it's it's a card-driven story game. It's coming to Kickstarter on October 26th. I'm almost entirely certain of that date. <laughs> um, and I use they, them, and she, her pronouns uh, and design largely in tabletop RPGs, but also LARPs and interactive fiction. And I do some cultural consulting as well. Um, now that I've introduced myself, should we just go ahead and jump in and I'll start describing the game for our folks? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Um, so by card-based storytelling game, what we mean by that is that the kind of core mechanic of the game is that we're going to be drawing cards uh, and, and you know, if we were at a physical table, we'd be drawing cards uh, and reading prompts on them and then answering those prompts. And then following that, we'll also be asking follow-up questions of each other. And those can be leading questions that kind of like, you know, suggest some kind of existing answer already. Um, and they could also, you know, they can be directly related to whatever prompt was just pulled, or they can be kind of more loosely thematically connected. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this game, we're all going to be playing non-binary characters who are part of the same family, we're all cousins. Um, and in this family, there are some you know, very 
gender traditions the way that there often are in many families. And one of these very gender traditions and practices is that in this family, uh, the women are werewolves. So when the full moon comes, uh, they transform into their wolf forms and go out into the, the wilds to roam while the men stay at the house. And so we're going to be kind of exploring how do we as you know, non-binary characters fit into this space that's you know, kind of highly gendered? Um, is there a way to make an off, you know, a space for us while we're being our authentic selves or do we need to find a space for ourselves elsewhere? So it's very much again about self-discovery, um, finding where your boundaries are, how to set them, how to kind of negotiate them with family members and kind of figuring out family dynamic stuff um, as well as like figuring out kind of who you are at your core. Um, as a heads up, you know, this game uses, it does use exaggerated gender binary to explore the various ways that people can fall outside of it. And the prompts do use um, pretty heavily gendered language to represent the thinking of the family. Um, so that's just something to kind of be aware of. And when it comes to werewolves and like, what do we mean by werewolves in this? Uh, it's largely up to us. Like every playthrough, it's wildly different. Um, there's been some really wild werewolf mythology that's come out of this game in different playthroughs. Uh, the only thing that must be true is that the family that we belong to believes that women, as defined by the family, transform into wolves on the full moon and men also as defined by the family do not. Uh, whether the family's correct, how the family defines men and women, and whether there are other werewolf families out in the world who contradict this truth are it's all totally up to us throughout uh, play. Um, the game does not assume any other werewolf mythologies or tropes are true. So we can draw on you know, any pop culture or obscure <laughs> like werewolf media that you like or come up with something that's just like totally wild that you've never actually seen in any werewolf show, comic, anything. Um, but yeah, so the main cards that we'll be pulling are going to be divided into three decks, um, which will become kind of a game deck, which we'll be pulling from in order. Uh, and the three phases are werewolf, where we're going to be answering questions that kind of do a little bit of world building, explore what do we, again, what do we mean by werewolves? What does that look like? Then the next part is the gender deck, where we're going to be exploring questions that are more heavily related to gender. And then finally, we have the family deck, which will be having us kind of dig more into family relationships and dynamics and whatnot. Uh, in between those phases, we have interludes. So the thing that's different about an interlude card is that we will all be answering the same card and not asking any follow-up questions. So we'll all take turns answering the same question. And those interludes um, are chosen. They're different based on whatever family dynamic we've chosen ahead of time. Um, and at the very end, there's going to be the epilogue card, which acts like an interlude card. We'll all be answering the same question and not asking follow-up questions. Um, and yeah, I guess that's a good time to go into some of that world building stuff we kind of did behind the scenes already. So generally when at the start of this game, you draw what's called like a wilderness card. There's a set of different cards um, that represent different environments that the family home is located in because it's in the game uh, world we have this monthly gathering during the full moon and everyone gathers at the family home and where that family home is can again change from playthrough to playthrough. Um, since we're in Halloween times, uh, we're gonna go ahead and do the kind of haunted forest setting. So 
as our backgrounds are kind of uh, establishing for us. So think mist crawling through the trees, lots of like long shadows and strange sounds in the night, places that have maybe been forbidden uh, for people to go, um, weird local legends about hauntings and creepy stuff, um, all those vibes. And then I mentioned the family dynamic earlier and the one that we chose for this playthrough is our family is well-meaning, but can be unintentionally hurtful. So they might be the kind of people who they really believe, you know, they're doing their best and maybe they are doing, you know, what is essentially their best, but there's still those microaggressions present. There's potentially things along the lines of unintentionally misgendering people or assuming things or, you know, getting information from weird sources <laughs> about, about gender um, and just kind of things along those lines. Um, so that's kind of Fox news. We're wolves. <laughs> yeah oh my god right yeah i never thought about that like before the fo fox things have come up in many games before about like oh yeah the, the family of like fox shifters but we've never talked about fox news that's like related to like other other potential animals out there that's hilarious <laughs> um what else we also yeah we drew our transformation milestone which represents at what point do people in this family start potentially having a wolf form, like being able to transform into their wolf form. And we drew um, that it was after a physical, mental, or emotional milestone. And what we narrowed that down to was that it's specifically the first time someone experiences love or like joy, like pretty significant love or joy after a period of intense grief. Um, and that can look like a lot of different things that can be grief because somebody has passed that can be grief because of you know loss of a relationship or loss of like a piece of your identity in some way um so we can interpret that very broadly it's just that order of intense grief and then finally loving something or feeling joy again whether it's a piece of music or a person or self-love again interpret it very broadly <laughs> um and i'm very excited to explore that um and yeah, I think now is a good time for everyone to introduce their characters. Um, the things that we've all established and that I want you to share with everyone are, you know, what are your name and pronouns? How old are you? Do you transform into a wolf when the full moon rises? Are you happy with or without a wolf form or do you wish your body was different? And then finally, what do you do to unwind uh, outside of the family gatherings? Um, and Kristen, why don't we start with you? Sure. Um, so I will be playing Isabella, she, her pronouns. Uh, I'm a young adult somewhere between 20 and 25 years old. Um, so we kind of decided, and I won't speak for Miriam, but we kind of decided that some of us transform during different times and not, not during the full moon or not just during the full moon. So uh, Isabella does transform during the new moon. Uh, we'll see if she also transforms during a full moon. Uh, and then I am, Isabella is happy with transformation, with wolf form. Uh, she loves it. She thinks it's, she feels powerful and beautiful. And so she's really into this wolf form. And finally, uh, what she does to unwind outside of family gatherings, which we all know can be stressful, uh, is she bakes and cooks. Nice. Uh, Mary, let's go to your character next. Uh, yeah. So my character is Beria, who is a... Uh, who uses they them pronouns and they're the same age as Isabella 
uh, because we are birthday twins. We are not actual twins. We're birthday twins. And um, I, too, and I, I wonder if it's because of the time we were born, um, only uh, I seem to transform during the new moon, or at least I'm not limited to just the full moon. And um, initially, when, when I transformed the first time, it was very settling because it was it was very out-of-body experience. But over time, I'm starting to enjoy the things that I could do in wolf form that I wouldn't be able to do in my human form. And um, when I am, uh, when, I guess, uh, I guess when I'm stressed out, you know, the family gatherings and everything, I like to go to a picturesque place in the forest, uh, which has this wonderful waterfall and uh, just uh, sit over there and just take in nature. Nice. Uh, Jeremy, let's talk about your character. Thank you. Um, so, uh, my character is named Jazz. Uh, I use she or they pronouns. I'm, I'm the baby. Uh, I am 17. Uh, uh, and um, I, I don't transform, at least not yet. Um, I, uh, I always wondered um, what it would be like uh, to transform. And I, I always just kind of assumed that I would. Um, uh, I guess I wondered if Sometimes I guess I wondered if I would, um, but now that it's, it seems like I don't, um, it seems like it hasn't happened. I still trying to figure out how I feel about that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, in terms of what do I do to unwind? I always, so I always carry a notebook with me. Um, I make comics, I, I draw and I write um, uh, and I'm uh, most like, I feel best when I'm, when I'm combining the two, when I'm, when I'm creating comics about the world around me or about other worlds. Nice. Um, and I am playing Cass, which I now realize is extremely similar to my design partner, Cass's name. <laughs> so we'll just emphasize this part of Cass there. Uh, we'll say it's an honor because Cass couldn't be here today. Um, but uh, Cass uses they, them pronouns, uh, is 26 years old. Uh, they do not have a wolf form. And they, they you know... I think what it is is that I wish I could transform maybe a couple of times a year uh, at most, but more than that seems like really overwhelming. And I wouldn't want to like, if it, if starting to transform meant that I had to do it like every month or like more than just a couple of times throughout the year, like this just doesn't seem like it's worth it to me. Um, and for fun in my downtime, I make scented candles and I'm starting to think about selling them online and making like a small business out of it. And I go out into the wilderness around the house and elsewhere to look for inspiration uh, for scents for my candles. Um, I have a question about those candles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Uh, so do you make scents that are sort of like odd, but they smell really nice if you're like a wolf? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I think I make like, you know how there are some perfume companies out there that make like scents that you people would automatically think like why would anybody want this it'll be like dirt or like some you know just like things that are like or like burning something or other burning rubber um I think my kind of goal is that I'm making scents that are going to be oddly appealing to people but they like don't necessarily they wouldn't necessarily like read what's on it and be like oh yeah that's what I want like smell in my house so it's it's it's, it's interesting scents for sure um and some that are probably like 
I imagine people in the family either love them or hate them because sensitive noses for a lot of them. Chocolate. Um, Are you trying to kill me? <laughs> yeah, that would be a very controversial candle to bring out for the holidays. Um, and yeah, I, we have some relationships that we did establish um, mm-hmm. ahead of time. And I will start with that. So Cass and Beria, we are partners in crime. And specifically what that looks like is that we're going out into like nature on our own when we're not supposed to be. And like into the places around the house that are kind of forbidden to us. Um, And one of those places is like a secret waterfall that's really nice as represented in the image. I point over here as if I know where it's actually showing up on screen. (laughs) I'm Um, below (laughs) the the waterfall. Uh, and so, yeah, we're going, we're going out, we're doing danger nature, I guess. Yep. Um, so there's a peaceful element to it, but it's also kind of like the family has been like, you can't go there by yourselves or for whatever reason. Is there a cave behind areas. the waterfall? There totally should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's say they're caves. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the, the gist of our relationship. Um, then Miriam, do you want to describe what your other character relationship is? Uh, yeah. Uh, so... Um, my character relationship with Isabella is that we are BFFs, best friends forever. And, uh, it's, I, it's partially because we grew up together because, you know, uh, uh, we both share the same birth date and, uh, I guess we shared all, all our birthdays together, whether we wanted to or not. But then at some point it became, yeah, this is cool. Why wouldn't I? Nice. Um, and then Kristen, why don't we just keep going like in the chain of like establishing what the other relationship sure, is? Sure, sure. Uh, so my relationship is um, with Jazz. It's Jazz, right, Jeremy? Yeah, Jazz. Jazz, okay. <laughs> just like looking for it frantically. Uh, my relationship with Jazz is that we are confidants. So um, we were tr- deciding between that and rivals, but we decided to go with this one. It makes really good sense, I think, narratively because since jazz does not transform, I think that they are pretty honest about that with Isabella and Isabella does not share with everyone how much she loves transforming or changing, uh, but she does share that and confide those feelings um, with jazz. Um, Yeah. And then uh, for the relationship I got to uh, define um, with uh, Cass, uh, Cass is Jazz's um, caregiver. Um, so Jazz, uh, Jazz is no longer um, with uh, lives or no longer lives with uh, their parents, um, and Cass is the one who now looks after Jazz. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll get to explore all those those feels in a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically what it's going to look like now is that I will, I am both playing a character and also playing the role of card deck for this. Um, so I'll be sending you all your prompts. Um, you read them out loud and then you can take, you know, take some time to think about your answer. And then once you give your answer, we'll, you know, we don't, not everybody has to ask follow-up questions. just kind of like if you're inspired to, and we're not limited to like, everyone has to do two follow-up questions. It's kind of more free flow there. Ask as many as you like. Um, uh, and then we'll move on. If I give you a prompt and you're like, I don't want to answer that one either because you just need to want to X card it or maybe it contradicts something we established earlier, uh, just let me know and I'll send you another one. Um, but first, things first, um, we established who 
<laughs> sorry, we establish who is the first player in the turn order um, by figuring out who was the last person here who admired the beauty of the moon IRL. Oh, probably not me because I don't I, I, I haven't looked out my window in like weeks. Like there could be a zombie apocalypse outside and I wouldn't have any idea. We would so, tell you. Yeah. We'd, <laughs> we'd let you know. <laughs> That's what friends are for. <laughs> um, it's still a full moon, right? I looked at the moon last night or two nights ago, Jeremy. I've been I've been out trying to take pictures of the moon with my phone the past couple of nights. Okay, I think I even posted you. one on on the Twitter. So congratulations, <laughs> you win. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm sending you the first question, and then we'll figure out turn order from there. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I read it out loud, right? Yes. Yep. So you have never been able to forget the first time you saw a member of your family transform into a wolf. Who was it, and how did it change your perception of both them and yourself? Ooh, um, that is a good one. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be one of us, right? Um, Mm -hmm. No, uh, I think, um, I think it was though. I think it, I think that for whatever reason, I think it was, uh, Cass. Um, I don't have a wolf form though. Oh yeah. You don't have a wolf form. What am I talking about? (laughs) It can't be you. Um, then in that case, um, uh, I, I think that it was, uh, I think that it was Isabella. I think it was the first person that I saw transform. Um, the first member of the family. Uh, and, um, I think in terms of how did it change my perception? Uh, I like, she was always the cool older cousin. Um, but, but like, she was just so confident and so sure of herself as, as that wolf form. And it just, um, I don't know. It just, it, it, uh, it made me think, um, think like, think even more highly of her. Like she was, she became this, this person that I, I really looked up to. And I think that was probably when I first started opening up about my feelings about, I don't know if I'm going to transform. I don't know how I feel about it, um, to her. Uh, and I think for me though, how to change my perception of myself, um, is that I don't like when I saw her transformed, it doesn't look like me though. I think that I was like, you're, you're so confident and so sure of yourself, but you're not, that's, you're strong. And, and these things that I don't necessarily even, I don't even necessarily want to be strong. I think it made me wonder like, what do I want to be? Um, Cause I don't think it's, I don't think it's that, but I don't know. Um, so it made me question a lot about like, what do I want to be? Does Isabella, is Isabella aware of this? Meaning that she's the first person you saw transform oh um probably not I think it was I mean I think it was at a gathering and there were a lot of folks who transformed but you were the person I was watching um yeah so I don't even know if you were the first transformation there but you were like because you were the cool older cousin so I wanted to I was watching you when you changed. yeah cool and was it Isabella's first time like was it like sort of your debut like your first moon oh Oh, if others were transforming, it must have been during a full moon, right? Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm going to say it was my second, but everyone thought it was my first. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Have you in, ever, or have you ever kind of considered maybe having a heart to heart with Isabella where you like bring this up because it's still like kind of holds significance in your mind? 
Um, no, I, I mean, the thought has crossed my mind, I guess, but, um, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I think that she, she gets, she understands a lot, I think, um, about me, but I think that, I don't know. I don't want her to think I'm weird. I get that. Yeah. Do we have any other follow-up questions? Not then. I'm going to send this next prompt over to Kristen. Okay. There are some wolf form traits that are considered to be particularly feminine. Who in your family is held up as the picture of femininity? Do they actively seek to uphold this image? What's funny about that question is that as Jeremy was talking about Isabella's transformation. I fully imagined her transforming with like the moon behind her, but she has these big gold hoop earrings in. So this is a a funny question to follow that. Um, So who in our family is held up to the picture as the picture of femininity? Um, I'm going to say it is maybe like an aunt or a grandmother it's like probably the person who's kind of considered to be the head of the family. Um, and they absolutely actively seek to uphold this image. I think they're very traditional in feeling that feeling and also like talking about how transforming is very feminine. Um, and it's important to them that we all kind of follow suit. Um, I don't think they're particularly uh, confrontational or mean about it. That's just kind of what, how they feel. What is this family member's name? I feel like it would be good to have like a consistent person we can call back to in the future. It really would be, except me and names, Julian, me and names. <laughs> ah! um, a name, a name. Can we go with, like, can we go with Sophie? Um, I actually want to excard that name. Oh, okay. I was watching um, Howl's Moving Castle. Sorry. Oh, good movie. <laughs> Other, um, I'm looking around my bookshelf. We I have a book called Olivia. Olivia, if you want to go with Olivia, I like Olivia. Is everyone good with Olivia? Yep. Thank you. Thanks for the suggestion, Olivia. I was going to suggest Francine, but Olivia sounds a little better. I like Francine too. Francesca it sounds like a very. It sounds like a very name. like old, ye old, but also feminine <laughs> name. <laughs> it does. It does. And do we want it to be since it's our family? Do we want it to be? Like a great aunt or a grandmother, or does someone have another role I'm, in mind? I'm good with like a matriarch, like a probably grand aunt, since we're all cousins, unless someone wants to be directly oh, related. She's an auntie. An auntie. Yeah, aunt. <laughs> okay. Auntie O. Auntie O. Okay. What, I mean, what's, how would you describe your relationship with, with Aunt Olivia? Um, I think we get along okay. Um, I don't think they come down hard on me. I think that so far they've been either like nonchalant or supportive. Um, maybe maybe more nonchalant <laughs> um, with me and kind of who I am. Uh, but it's not an, I don't think it's a negative relationship at this time. But they definitely don't know that I transform outside of the full moon. So that might change things if that were to become public knowledge. Think of any cool follow-up questions that come to mind. Does does, uh, Aunt Olivia have any favorites among us? Oh, 
Look, I mean, my, are good. <laughs> yeah, my first thought was that it that it would be jazz, but what do you what do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, I yeah. feel like, and Olivia has high hopes for you here. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> has Aunt Olivia always been for as long as like we've kind of been around, or have you been around at least, been the matriarch, or was there somebody before her? Oh. Maybe when we were really little, it was her sister. But now you're going to make me name her sister Francine. Her sister Francine. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There's, there she is. Thanks, Miriam. Uh, it was her sister Francine. Um, I'm an, I don't know. What's more interesting, that Aunt Francine is not here anymore for whatever reason, or that she's just no longer can the I, person in charge? Can yeah. I add a little bit of like foreboding or foreshadowing or whatever? Please. And that... Fran- Aunt Francine and Olivia are also birthday twins. <laughs> yes. Yes. In which case, if it's okay, I think that Francine is still around, but just sure. no longer yeah. the person in charge anymore. Yeah. I like how fast we can get into like <laughs> the family tension. Oh, I love it. Uh, that's it for follow-up questions. I will send the next prompt over to Miriam. All right. When you were younger, you met another family that is similar to yours and made a friend. You still keep in contact to this day. Who are they and why are you envious of them? Uh, So with that question, the assumption is they're not really part of our family or inner circle. They're like a separate friend or family. Yeah, I think it's like you can interpret it kind of as widely as you like, but I think it's kind of the gist of it is it's not like it's not the same family as like what we consider our our family okay um so i think uh hmm. i think they're a family um that are very they they don't believe in transformation at all they've never come across transformations and uh they i think they the family specifically the parents of my friend uh were were very supportive of uh you get like you can do whatever you want and um i think my friend eventually uh came out as trans and their parents just accepted it from day one and they were like okay we're we will address you uh, as uh, this new name now. And uh, if you need to go um, wardrobe shopping, we'll, you know, here, here's some money. Go, go, go have, have at thee. And I'm just envious of um, the parents did not even blink once at any of the changes my friend went through. And yes, I am struck. I am thinking of a name while I am referring to my friend in the third person. We have to stop creating NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the questions make NPCs. I know, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you a secret. Every single prompt in the uh, werewolf stage asks for an NPC. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it. I mean, good design, Julian, but darn it. <laughs> uh, I think the name, the, their, the name they go by now, uh, because... Uh, uh, I I will not even think about dead names because then that's one mm. less thing for me to think about. Um, I think their name right now is uh, Francesca. 
<laughs> it's a good name. It is. Yeah. Um, oh, go on. I, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I had a follow up. Um, I, I want to know when you say that the family doesn't believe in transformations, do you mean that they think they don't happen? Or do you mean they're like, they think they shouldn't happen? What kind of mm. don't believe in? Uh, they don't believe in sort of the more supernatural cool. transformations, not in the when someone um, yeah. uh, is uh, trans. Mm. That's sort of what I meant by transformations. So they're very much like, you know, the it's, sci- you know, science, atheist sort of general household of like the supernatural is not real. Uh, Francesca, uh, sorry, I was just going to ask if Francesca's ever been over to the family home like ever or inter- intermingled with our family. Oh. Uh Yes, once and the, and only during Halloween because it's easier to explain. <laughs> Never during any other time because it would be very hard to explain why our house is the way it is unironically. <laughs> Fair. Have you ever considered telling Francesca about our family? Uh, I think I tried to, but... Uh, Francesca kept interpreting it as sort of like a metaphor rather than literally, <laughs> and I did not correct her. Completely fair. Sounds like a sitcom episode, but I'm here <laughs> for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any other follow-up questions? Then I will go to my prompt, yeah. uh, which is, there is a small but important tradition that happens right before the women leave for the wilds. Which member of your family is the authority on this ritual? Is it symbolic, practical, or something in between? Um, so I think Auntie Olivia has a husband named Anthony. <laughs> First day that came to mind. Um, and he's actually the one who is in charge of the kind of like small traditions that happen. Uh, right before the women leave for the wilds. And I think there is like a special meal that's prepared and it's kind of a potluck situation a lot of the time where everyone, like every kind of like smaller family unit that's all coming to this house um, is expected to contribute something. But if somebody doesn't organize that whole thing, it's like everyone's going to end up bringing green beans kind of situation instead of like everyone bringing like a different important part of this meal so anthony's in charge of like the spreadsheets i think i imagine him having like a lot of spreadsheets um for this organization process um and i think he is kind of like i wanted to say like kind of the family accountant but just like in that he does like a lot of administrative stuff of like keeping track of like everyone's most recent addresses and like they can't hurt kind of yeah like he's in charge of that of like the nitty-gritty of that stuff um and like specifically before the trip into the wilds, he is organizing like the timing of the food and like when everything needs to be microwaved or put in the oven um, and like making sure the timing is like just right with like when like it's time to go. And then also he's in charge of the cleanup after that. Um, and he's also in charge of kind of like making sure, okay, who is here this month? Um, and getting a head count to make sure that everybody comes back uh, safe. So it's like, if, you know, 19 people are going out, 19 people are going to come back. And Mm -hmm. if like before sunrise that there's not that 19th back, it's time to send like a party out to make sure everything's okay. Uh, I think that's kind of what Anthony's 
role is in all of this. Has there ever been a time where the headcount was correct, but not the actual people? I think, like, there is a story <laughs> from, I think, before any of us were actually like really like aware human like aware people like we were like maybe like I was a child I think I might be the oldest character here um but um so I don't actually remember this but it was essentially it's supposed to be something that happened when I was basically a toddler where Anthony it used to be like a lot more loosey-goosey um and he wasn't he didn't have all his spreadsheets back then this is why he has all his spreadsheets now um where he thought like everybody had come back but in fact two people were missing and it was like this is a big thing and it took all the next day to find them and it turned out that they had just like they were new to transforming they had gone like way far out like out of the wilderness um and like had to hitchhike back basically like it was like a disaster and everyone was like really freaked out that like what if you had been discovered what if this what if that also it's like because we're in the creepy eerie woods or like the haunted forest area I think that also probably started some of like the myths about what's in the woods um that's scarier than werewolves (laughs) what are werewolves scared of or like 19 wolves go 19 wolves come back but one of them's an actual wolf (laughs) (laughs) it's like that's not Aunt Beatrice guys (laughs) but yeah I think I think there was like an incident and that's why he's so careful now do we think go ahead go ahead do we think that uh Anthony or Uncle Anthony I guess uh is happy in his role of maintaining the spreadsheets in the order or is it something that he does out of necessity and maybe isn't doesn't necessarily find joy in I think he's a little bit of a curmudgeon so you wouldn't like no one would be able to tell like oh this is doing something good for his mental health but I think it brings him a lot of peace of mind to take on this role more than like actual joy it's kind of more of like Mm -hmm. an anxiety quelling tactic Mm -hmm. um and at the same time, he would not relinquish his role to another person because he wouldn't trust anybody else to do it. That was going to be my follow-up. Is there anyone sort of uh, the successor? Because, you know, the uh, Aunt Olivia is getting on in year in uh, years as well as uh, Uncle Anthony. So is there any successor or trying think- to be a successor? Oh, yeah, I think I'm gunning for it. Um, which is one of the things, cause like that's a typically male role, like in the, you know, as the family considers it, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it's like usually the partner of the matriarch. And so like, and if we've ever had like lesbian matriarchs, they, they've also been kind of considered out of the running, I think for the most part, just assumed to be like, no one would say like, oh no, because they're lesbians, like clearly her partner cannot be, it's just kind of always just kind of automatically naturally gravitated that way um but I like the idea I am also soothed by spreadsheets let's say um and I like the idea of feeling like I have a meaningful contribution um and this seems like the way I could have that but it's not been easy trying to pitch myself (laughs) what's it been like trying to get some modicum of uh uh I guess control with Uncle Anthony I think I've just offered to help a bunch and like Mm. A lot most of the time he's like no no I've got this like it's okay like go hang out with like x y and z other person um or like go help the women prepare or whatever um 
And I think like, I try to swoop in when it's like some months I imagine are especially chaotic. And I try to like take advantage of that and exploit the chaos to be like, you need me right now. Like I'm the only one who can help you and who's willing to let me help you. Uh, and I think with that, we're ready for the interlude, which I will share with everyone. Uh, and then since Jeremy, you would be next in a turn order. Do you mind reading that out loud and being the first person to answer? Sure. Okay. Some of your family members started quoting things about gender identity that they learned from questionable sources. Did you intervene? Yes or no? What was the cost? Um, I did. I, I intervened. I, I, I spoke up, uh, vehemently spoke up. Um, and I think that might be why I'm not living with my parents anymore. Um, yeah, I think, I think we got into, I think we got into a huge fight about it and I left. They didn't kick me out, but I was like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Hmm. Yeah. I have a question. Uh, is it a follow-up question? Yeah. Cause okay. We're not supposed to do follow-up questions. Oh, during, okay. Never mind, <laughs> during interludes. I know it's like, oh. it's, I know <laughs> we can try to work it into a further follow-up question. Just like, <laughs> nice. it might come out later. <laughs> yeah. Come out later. <laughs> yeah. I kind of uh, like that. I like that shift. Okay. Sorry. Oh, no, it was good. Uh, Kristen, you are next oh. in turn order, so you will also answer this question. Um, so, yes, I absolutely did. I, I did intervene. I was just trying to decide if it's uh, Jazz's parents or not. Jazz, do you have any feelings on that? I'm fine either way. Okay. Then I think yeah. I, I think that after whatever whatever I either, whatever Isabella found out either through the family or directly from Jazz, I think that she went over to speak with their parents um, about it and kind of echoed what Jazz had said, which is the right thing, right? Don't say that. That's, you know. Uh, and I, I don't know that there was a big cost, um, in Isabella's mind like I'm guessing their parents don't care for Isabella anymore but I'm not sure that Isabella views that as a loss so I'm gonna say that the cost is low yeah then Miriam uh yeah I think I because you know B-Day twins I probably had come along and I was basically the echo uh achiever um but also I, I, I might have been the snarky one and uh, perhaps didn't really help in changing their opinion if like might have put them more on a defensive than mm. anything. I definitely did not help the situation, um, especially saying things like, really, you're getting this from Fox News? You realize we're werewolves. We're wolves. <laughs> we can't trust the foxes. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, I think the cost is that perhaps um if anyone wants help in maybe having tackling difficult subjects and needs a cousin to tag along it's isabella they tag not me um i think that Cass is actually i think in earlier years when they were younger they absolutely would have intervened in like a more straightforward way mm. but as time has gone on and they've kind of witnessed how the family deals with this thing over and over again and it's like and they keep insisting that like oh like I just don't understand or like well I'm actually worried about this thing like it's not actually that I'm like prejudiced it's just that I don't like I, I genuinely believe blah 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 like there's a lot of excuses right and I think because those excuses always come up 
uh, Cass is now like very jaded <laughs> and mm-hmm. just doesn't have the energy anymore. It's kind of like suffering from permanent burnout when it comes to having these conversations. So I think they didn't intervene and they were kind of on the sidelines during this, but what happened later once it was kind of worked out where it's like, where's jazz going to go? Okay. They're going to go with Cass and like live in their apartment. That's kind of like not that far from the family home. It's, but it's, I imagine it's kind of closer to it's like on the outskirts of whatever city is nearest us. Um, there was probably like a very stern texting argument that happened, like a very like aggressive texting conversation where your parents were just like, oh, are you going to, like, what ideas are you going to, like, put in their head? Well, you know, are you, are you sure you can do this as, like, a really big responsibility? Like, you're going to see soon that we were right. It was kind of that thing. And I think I, like, I chewed them out over text, and that was, like, it. It's been just, like, silence between us now. And the cost of that was, like, I don't know if I was fully prepared to take on caregiver <laughs> responsibilities at the age of like, what was I said? 26, I think. Um, maybe 27, 26, I think. Um, 26. Yeah. Like that's, so I like, take care of a teenager pretty young still. Um, but that was like the thing that sealed the deal where like now the rest of the family is like, well, you've gotten yourself involved in this way. It is on you now too. Mm-hmm. This is, this, there's no going back. This is the point of no return. Uh, and that is, our interlude one um and we can this will be a potentially a good place to break or we can do it after the next phase depending on what you all are feeling uh we could go take a quick stretch right now and uh sure. come back in a bit cool. Cool. all right That's uh good. so uh yeah we'll we will be right back uh go stretch uh use the facilities what have you we'll be back in five everyone and welcome back to our game of women are werewolves with our wonderful guest uh julian and uh we last we had basically made our little family as well as uh answered a couple of question uh answered a question uh about uh what happened when we call people out on some questionable Mm. gender identity politics uh and uh I will now hand it back to uh, Julian. Cool. Yeah. So we just finished interlude one, which we all took turns answering the same question. And now we're going into the gender phase of the game uh, where now you can go back to asking, fo- asking follow-up questions um, after someone's answered the prompt and the okay. turn order continues. So Jeremy, I am sending this your way. Okay. So. Uh, you once confided in your family's matriarch about the truth of your gender. What comfort did she offer that you did not find comforting at all? Ooh. Um, so our family's matriarch is um, Olivia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, yeah, so I think so. I think that she told me, um, I think I told her that uh, I, um, I don't think I'm, uh, a, a girl or a woman. I think at least not, not, um, not exclusively, not only. Um, and, uh, her response was, um, was don't worry, uh, or something on the lines of, um, uh, don't worry, uh, you'll still change, um, 
at the, uh, you'll still change. The moon knows what you are. Um, and I, yeah, yeah. And I, I assumed she was right. I assumed she was right. How long ago was that? Um, I think, I think it was a while ago. I think it was a, I think it was a pretty long time. I mean, I think, um, so I'm 17 now. I think I was maybe 11 or 12. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have another one. I'm sorry. Do you still feel that, that she's right? Um, I think, I mean, I think that's part of why I'm, why I'm unsure now. Um, mm. cause, uh, I think that I think that I've had love after, and I've definitely had grief. Um, and I expected to change and I didn't. Um, and so I think there's a part of me that, that wonders, is that because I haven't really felt love or maybe didn't really feel grief? Um, like, was I not upset enough about, about leaving my parents? Um, or uh, was she wrong? I, I don't know. Have you talked to Cass at all about this, like disclosed any of what happened since we've been living together? Um, I don't think I have. Um, like, I, I think I'm really appreciative that you let me live here, but I think, I think I don't know about that text message conversation you had. Mm. And so I think I don't, um, what I know is that you didn't, um, you weren't one of the cousins who showed up to my parents' house and, and stood up for me. And so I don't know how much I can open up to you. Love it. Love the angst. <laughs> <laughs> Has your relationship with, it's Auntie Olivia, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, has it changed or how have you seen it change since that, that conversation? Um, so we established earlier that I'm her favorite, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. We? Yeah. Um, I think that I, I don't know. Um, I think for, for years, I think there was a part of me that, that felt like, that felt like she was my favorite or that I was her favorite because of a lie or something felt like maybe I was lying to her um in some way to make her my favorite or to and, and that's why I still got to like be so close to her um but then I think more recently um when I thought I was going to change and I didn't um ever since then I think I question every look she gives me I I don't know um I don't know what they mean and she she's not the type of person to just sit me down and tell me all her feelings. So, and I'm not the type to ask. (laughs) There aren't any other, oh, go on. I was going to say, so I think it's tense, but I don't know if that's in my head. I like it. If there aren't any other follow-up questions, I'm going to send this next prompt over to you, Kristen. Okay. Oof. You often overhear the adults of your family reinforcing gendered stereotypes amongst the children. What do you do when this happens? What do you really wish you could do instead? Um, So what I do is without addressing it head on to the children. So without saying what those adults just told you is completely incorrect and here's why. Um, I show them what I, what I feel is, is correct, um, which is they're not being 
any gendered stereotypes. And I do this through, I think, um, telling them stories and reading books with them and taking them to the movies to kind of bring that side of things into their life. Um, what I wish I could do, I think is what I don't, which is tell them these are sometimes adults suck and they're wrong. And this is one of those times. Um, I think maybe at times I use their age as a little bit of an excuse to say, well, I'll do that, but I just can't do it now. But it's a little uncomfortable also for me. Like I fully believe that there should not be gendered stereotypes, but I think that Isabella is a little uncomfortable with like family confrontation. And so that's another reason why she hasn't just outright said anything, even though that's what she wishes she could do. What's the strangest intervention you've had to do? The strangest intervention. Oh, so I think that one of our other aunts or uncles um, was almost like lecturing the children, right? Like, Like in my head, there's like this PowerPoint of like gendered stereotypes that they're giving. And I like came in and ushered them out and was, and like, I think I faked a fire drill. I was like, and it's time for a fire drill, family safety first. And like ushered everyone outside to kind of break up what was happening. I feel like the the person was like, but I have a color chart that I had to go through. I also dumped water on their laptop on the way out. Whoops. I'm, I'm curious, uh, who um or if there's if there's any of the kids um no, actually, yeah, who <laughs> who who of the 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 kids um do you feel the most protective of young people yeah uh i think that um i was trying to say if i want to give them an age uh i i think that yeah, it's a little girl around i don't have to say right now darn it who's around 10 <laughs> or 11 um And I think that she has expressed um, to me in different ways being gender fluid. And so I'm the most protective of her because I don't want her at this age to feel like anything she's feeling is harmful or incorrect. And so I intervene the most often, I think. And I still can't think of a name. Um, How about Beatrice after Aunt Beatrice? Thank you. I like that. What yeah. is the repercussion you have faced for one of your interventions, like from the rest of the family? Oh, good one. Um, I think that one of the uncles overheard me um, talking with her after we were, after I gave her like a, a graphic novel. Um, and, and I think that he was pretty, he was pretty upset with me. And I think that it, caused waves for a little bit in the family. Um, but I'm going to say Isabella didn't speak up quite enough. And so I think the repercussion is really her own guilt of not taking the opportunity to take a clearer, firmer stance because of her avoidance of confrontation. Any other follow-up questions? Well, then Miriam, I am sending you the next prompt. How old were you when you first consciously questioned whether you belonged in the wilds or in the house? What prompted this introspection? Uh, I think it might have been 
it might have been sort of like subconsciously while I was a tween. Uh, but it, it definitely, I had like a serious, almost existential crisis. Um, the first time Isabella turned and I didn't. Um, and I was just like maybe just a little bit after, but for those couple of days, like for that whole month, because it, you, you, I think you might have transformed if you're okay with this on the first new moon off when, like, and I on the next. So there was this month gap where I was like, wait, am I, do I really belong here? Am I, am I not supposed to? Is this like this entire identity crisis uh, happened during that one month? And especially during the, when you transformed again on the full moon, which was like half, uh, 14 days later. And I also didn't at that time. It was even further sort of like, well, okay, I guess not. Um, yeah. Did we talk about it? Uh, I think, I think so, but it took, a, it was closer to the end uh, of that, uh, closer to the end of the month rather than earlier on because um, we've done everything together. And then some people started commenting about, oh, you know, like there was a little competition that started creeping in that was confounded by the fact that uh, I didn't turn. Um, but eventually, I think we might have in the wilds or whatever. I just I was maybe being passive aggressive and snarky and it just kind of came out and blew up sort of. We made up after, but it was just that first time we had like a really big fight. Yeah. Oh, our first really big fight. It's like, why are you always better than me, huh? Oh, poor Isabella. She's not like confrontation. <laughs> <laughs> were there any family members that e were aware of this kind of blow up, either because of like, you know, you told them about it or they like witnessed something? They heard um, it. Okay. <laughs> Everyone in the woods and a couple of miles heard the blow up. Nice. Did anyone try to like give you guidance of any sort? Uh they they probably tried to, but I probably was not in the mood to listen. I I literally was just blowing up everywhere and um that might have been that that actually might have been that grief of not turning. I hadn't experienced mm -hmm. huge grief before that. The grief mm -hmm. of I did not do like we didn't twin on this sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think the sort of making up and uh, resolving it was probably that sort of light at the end of the tunnel that then when the new moon happened, I transformed. Love that. Mm -hmm. Any other follow-up questions? Uh, then I will read my prompt, which is... The men of your family have certain qualities that are different from normal humans. Which of these qualities are considered the most masculine? How have these standards informed your own sense of belonging? Um, so back to Uncle Anthony for a bit here. Um, I think one of the things that for some reason is considered to be like particularly masculine in our family and that like all the like men try to emulate is this idea of like, constant productivity almost where it's like okay 
as soon as we get together, there's no doubt, like we have to really earn our downtime and the downtime comes like literally when there is like nothing else left that could possibly be done. So I think one of the things that happens during the family gatherings is that like, while people are off, you know, roaming the woods, the men are like fixing shelves that have fallen or cabinets that have, you know, have loose hinges or squeaky, like doors that have gotten weird. Um, they're like going up into like this dusty like broken down attic like trying to make it into like a functional room that isn't just like the scary attic room um they're you know doing massive gardening projects even just like trying to like come up with a bunch of different like home improvement projects and also like maybe baking things even after dinner is over and like what in part of this cleaning it's like watch all like the chore things that are are part of it and then making up chores that like really don't need to be done just so that they could feel like okay the women aren't out there and I think part of it is that there's this thinking of like the women are out there doing this thing that we don't really talk about as men like it's not like okay for us to really talk about what the women do because and part of that I think is we don't want to come across as envious of any in any way that Mm. like there are people who get to go out there and do this really rad thing which is like transforming into a wolf and like running around and stuff um and we need to never come off as like longing for this thing that we don't have and so we're going to just like be really 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 productive instead and for Cass what that means is trying to also like I'm never going to talk about the woods or, or wolf forms unless like I absolutely have to I really want to be in this kind of I want to I both want to be part of this boys club atmosphere but also I don't like really recognize myself there um mm-hmm. So I'm going to do my damnedest to buckle down on this productivity thing. And that's why I've also like gotten really into the spreadsheets. It's like, I want to like, I want to be contributing to like, oh, here's another project that we could all be working on so that they'll kind of accept me as part of that group. Um, But I'm also a little bit afraid of being fully accepted into that group because I don't know if I want a permanent like residency there. (laughs) So is there like a code word for uh the men when you know the women are in the wilds like you know oh aunt luna's in town (laughs) 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 um i think god there should be some kind of weird term for like what the men what the men are doing while like the women are running around in the woods i'm trying like i was thinking like are they they're not roosting that's not quite it it's like they're i feel like they have funny ways of like talking i can't think of anything great right now but like i do feel like they have um not nicknames but like slang they've come up with for like getting down to business uh once like the women are out in the wild <laughs> um and that's part lunar of it cleaning. it's like <laughs> yeah lunar, you gotta go do the looter clean the looter building um yeah. i think yeah they probably have their own lingo for everything has kaz ever um either not gone with the other wolves after changing or come back early to try to observe what the men in the family are doing while we're gone so I think because I think people expected Cass to have a wolf form and oh, then, form. yeah and then they didn't no that no, was cool um they I think they've tried going out into the wolves with everybody into the wolves <laughs> into the woods <laughs> too many w words um with 
everyone every once in a while to see like mm-hmm. as a human to see how that feels and like sometimes it feels nice and sometimes it feels really wrong yeah um and more often than not it feels less wrong to be at the house mm. and at first I think it was very much like Cass is gonna go do their own thing in the corner like read a book or something because we don't really know what to do with them <laughs> um and then it kind of has steadily become, well, you're here anyway, we might as well put you to use. And I've been like very eager to be of use. So that was a fairly easy transition. No follow-up questions there. We are ready for interlude two. Once I can find it. The the hardest part about this is the no follow-up questions. So I'm going to share this with everyone. And Jeremy, do you mind also, I know because the turn order just always ends up like this. Uh, do you fine. mind being the one to read this out loud and starting us off? It's totally fine. Um, you once asked your family for something small, but gender confirming. What did they give you instead? What did it mean to you? Oh, um, something small, but gender confirming. Um, struggling with this one um i have an idea for mine if you would rather me go first but i don't want to overstep is that is that cool folks yeah go for it yeah cool yeah yeah some questions right we need to like take a minute um so i think what isabella asked for that um was small but gender confirming is um and it wasn't recently but i i think when she was like a tween she asked for like her first set of like makeup, but just wanted like lip gloss and mascara, let's say, uh, but instead received like a kit of makeup, like, f- like palettes, is that what they're called? Like of eyes. I mean, just a lot of makeup. And I think that for her, it felt like in order to lean into like in order to be feminine enough for this family she had to constantly be showing that she's feminine by wearing all of this makeup instead of the little bit that she was more comfortable with uh why don't we just keep going in the uh Miriam, do you mind going next uh yeah um i think for our family in particular uh we get especially once we are able to transform, uh, we get collars sort of like signifying. And I had asked for something not in the usual color that our family gets. Uh, And um, I had asked for something in just plain black, like something very simple. And um, they kind of went overboard and got me like something that had like spikes and like studs and very big and flashy and that was not something i wanted either and i wore it once and uh almost got picked up by uh um animal services <laughs> and after that i um um I, I realize that uh, if there's anything I want, I probably should get it myself instead of asking for my family because there's less margin of error. And after that, anytime I have asked for something sort of not in 
And that wasn't the first time. There were several other instances that further gave me that mindset of if I want something, I should just get it myself. I have a lot of S&M gear, which nothing wrong with the S&M gear, but it was like, that was not my style. That was not what I asked for. Um, I think for Cass, what it was, was that first instance of asking for what is like considered in the family to be like a typically masculine responsibility of like, mm-hmm. let's build a thing, let's fix a thing, let's clean a thing. Um, and it was that first time where and Uncle Anthony was just like, whoa why um why would you want to like do this um and instead of actually giving me one of those like typical responsibilities he was like how about you um just you go outside and you make sure that like the women are like just hang out with them make sure that they're okay like be out there um and just like keep an eye out like because it was kind of like I don't know what to do with you um, you probably I don't feel like you should be in here but if you don't if you're not transforming and you're not like out in the woods and like I literally be in the place that is in between which is kind of like outside of the house but not like fully like in the wilds mm-hmm. um, and it was like just the most boring awkward night of my life just like standing out there digging around on my phone um, being like I don't <laughs> this is terrible I wish I never asked for anything <laughs> and then Jeremy will move on back to you yeah. now yeah um I think uh so I think that there's um when we hit a certain age um uh maybe 13 um let's say um there's a um there's there's just like a piece of jewelry um that that people get and it's it's a very gendered piece of jewelry there's like one the men get one the women get another the women's um the women get something that that it's and it's not always the same but they always get something that's a wolf on it um of some kind and i think the men um get something that's a like a it's literally like a a hammer or a like some sort of symbol of productivity um, of like things like making things building things doing things um and i uh i sheepishly asked the um my aunt olivia um uh if she could uh tell my mom or my parents um that i didn't need either that i didn't i didn't really want either of them like that i I wondered if i could get something that looked um uh that like that i guess that neither one really felt right um and i was like maybe i could get something um something similar but but different um i was and uh uh my uh Auntie said, you know, she said, she, she smiled and she's like, I, I understand. Um, and then I got the, uh, I got the wolf jewelry um, with a note from my parents saying that Auntie Olivia was said she was very, con- or that you were very concerned that you might not end up changing. And she just, we just want to reassure you that um, like the, the moon knows um, and so there was a, um, uh, it was a wolf actually with a moon on it, um, like on a bracelet. So with that, with the end of interlude two, we now enter the family phase of the deck. And just to keep with the turn order, Kristen, I'm going to send you the first prompt okay. uh, for family. And we can answer follow-up, or we can ask follow-up questions again. Oh, you sent it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was looking at the screen. Um, there is a tradition you used to love that you no longer feel comfortable participating in. 
What do you tell your family when they ask you to join back in? Um, let's see, there's a tradition that you love. So although I still bake and cook to unwind, I think that that's something that I do on my own, right? We established that it's outside a family gathering. So it's probably something I do at my own place, um, maybe with a couple of my cousins, but not in that big family way. And I think that for a while, um, I used to cook um, or I used to bake after dinner with the men um, in the family. And then as I got older, I realized that I was the only one um, of like the females that baked with the men. And so it, and I think that people commented on it. And so I started to kind of back away from it, even though it's something that I did like the discomfort came from the comments from the other family members. Um, so when they, I think, Oh, I don't want, I don't want everything to be on uncle Anthony. When one of our male cousins, um, asked, uh, asked me to join back in, I, I think that I, I think that I just kind of blew him off. And even though Isabella is non-confrontational, I think that she like had a snotty teenager attitude about it. And it was just kind of like, why would I want to do that? Um, yeah. What is the dish or like baked good that you most enjoyed making? I think because you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> this group can talk about food. Uh, I'm here for it. Um, macarons yeah sorry I love macarons. me too I have a new obsession with them um Isabella has a long a long-term obsession with them so yeah that was that was the favorite do you still make them on your own or do you no I don't think she makes them I think she bakes a bunch of other stuff but not she, she no longer makes a macaron she just says they're too difficult anyway and not worth it they're totally they are very <laughs> difficult to make though that's true they are they are do do you have like sort of bake parties with people you trust who don't believe in the gender roles of baking like people like other um other members of the family uh who would enjoy baking and don't care about the gender role in it yeah i really like the idea um that anyone from the three of you that want to be there, because I don't want to speak for anyone's characters, um, would be there. And then also Beatrice, our young cousin. Um, I think we make cakes and brownies and now I want dessert. But yes, I think I think we do that. I think you teach me baking. Oh, nice. Yeah. Otherwise the, you know, it, at, at my place, the the oven was used as a, uh, storage closet I mean it's not bad use we can just move those things to the counter bake and just put them back in when the oven cools <laughs> any other follow-up questions cool so I'm gonna send the next prompt to Miriam okay uh, there is a queer relative you always looked up to who is voluntarily estranged from the family what was your last interaction with them before they left how does your family talk about them now oof uh I think this, um, my last interaction with them was definitely when I was really, really young and didn't necessarily have the ability to 
say something or change their mind enough to stay. Um, and I always think about, uh, I always think about like almost like a, a regret of like, I wish, especially now that I know what I know, that I wish I had said something and it's been perhaps a little hard to find them as they're strange and nobody will tell me how to contact them. Um, in fact, I don't think they're, they're, they're not even referred to by name anymore. And with enough time, I've kind of, I at least have forgotten what their name even was. I just know their face. Um, and my last interaction, I think, was they had come to see some of the children they had gotten fond of specifically just to say goodbye. It's like, I'm going to be going away for a long time. And my last interaction was like, okay, cool. Can you get me this particular like confectionery from this place you said you were going? Not realizing they're not coming back. And they just said, yeah, you know, yeah, sure you know, whatever you like, kiddo, sort of a thing. And for like a year or two, I was mad that they never came back with the candy. Have you made any attempt at like trying to ask other family members what happened to them or like where they went or like what's going on with them now? Or have you done anything like akin to like social media stalking to try (laughs) to like, granted, you don't know the name. So like, it's going to be tricky, but have you tried to do any like investigative work? Definitely tried and it's been, it's been really difficult, um, and I think I'm trying to work on finding, like, there's there's always one person who is, like, the family uh, family tree keeper of, like, just collects pictures of gatherings and everything. Um, and it's been quite the effort trying to go through that and seeing if there's a name there, but a lot of the pictures have been removed. Or um, I think because it was... Uh, um, it was such a big, ins- like, betrayal, estrangement by sort of seen by the family that they there's literally cutouts, holes where they used to be. And people, and, and when asked, why is there a hole there? Oh, you know, moths got into it. That's a very specific moth there, uncle. So I'm curious, have you forgiven them for never coming back or reaching out? I think I have eventually, especially once I started going through puberty and sort of realizing what my identity is. Um, But definitely the kid in me still wants that confectionery, although that's maybe a clue of where to start looking for them, if they told the truth of where they were going. Any other follow-ups? Okay, then I'll go next. Uh, an important responsibility was granted to you in adolescence, in part based on your gender. In what ways do you no longer feel like the right person for the job? Why are you still hesitant to give it up? Hmm. So you know what? I want to do something a little weird and twisty and tangly with this one. Uh, I'm going to say that earlier in life, I was actually kind of granted this role of caregiver and like a babysitter kind of sense. Um, but as I drifted away from things that were kind of like more femme in the eyes of the family, um, it was kind of assumed that like, this is something 
that it, it's like it's a kind of very like babysitters club vibe right where it's like this is a thing that like preteen and teenage girls in the family do mm-hmm. like this is like their purview except for like when the women are out in the woods then it's like the men are straddled with all the, all the kids who do not transform um and I'm sure like because they're not this is like one time a month that they have to do that it's kind of like a bit of a <laughs> it's, it's it's a bit of a circus um but I think it does feel weird that like I don't do the babysitting aspect of it anymore in that kind of more like regular sense but I am kind of like a more I am a more serious caregiver now because like I am taking care of jazz like I am making sure that their needs are met and that like things like you know they have a place to stay and everything is you know cool there um and it's kind of been like a giant question mark for a lot of family members because in some senses that feels like a very hard femme gesture to them like they think that that's like a, oh you see it was like a phase like things are normalizing now it just took you like a while it took you to like get to your mid-20s for things to like sort themselves out like they don't say that <laughs> they say it in like very roundabout ways um and so I think like I don't want to like give it up but there is a part of me that feels like oof because the family sees it as such a gendered thing it feels weird to me who do you talk to about that um, like who do you who do you um share what you're feeling with and importantly <laughs> have i overheard you but <laughs> <laughs> you know what i think like i think I, I have a therapist i think it's a recent thing and i was just like fine i need to like i obviously need a therapist now i think it like it took a while and now it's happening mm-hmm. um but i do the therapy i do a lot of the sessions from home like over video chat and i think the apartment's like pretty small like it's not like a you know a big thing it's probably like it's not a studio like there are we do have separate bedrooms but the walls are thin and it's not like we have all this space to like buffer us. So I think you've probably just like overheard me with my therapist being like kind of freaking out and like trying to avoid the word werewolf or like anything having to do with wolves. So like I can't <laughs> tell my therapist that like, oh, also like this major factor of it is that like some of us are werewolves. Um, so I've come up with some interesting language to um, act as a metaphor for that. Um, and if there are not any other follow-up questions, I'm going to send the next prompt to you, Jeremy. Uh, much to your relief, there's one aspect of this monthly tradition that your family abandoned in the past few years. What part did you play in its removal? Does anyone in your family resent you for this? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, so the monthly tradition, the family comes together, and, um, the women go out into the wild, the men stay home and take care of things and um, eat beforehand. Um, what part of the tradition has my has the family abandoned? Um, I think I think that there was um, so I think that after the meal, um, there was a really before after the meal and before even before the, the women uh, leave for the wild. Um, uh, there was a really, I actually, even during the meal, it started, there was a separation, um, between the men and the women. So I think even where the, the eating happened, how people sat at the tables, how people arranged was very gendered. Um, and that piece of it was gendered for all ages, um, all the way down to children. Um, and I think that, 
uh, the, that no longer happens. Um, there's more intermingling beforehand, um, which I'm grateful for, for a lot of reasons. I, I mean, partly I just never knew where I should be. Um, uh, and um, I, what part did I play? Um, I think, I don't think it was direct. I think it has to do with um, after my, my, my blow up with my parents. Um, I think, I mean, I think I just kind of refused. I think I stayed probably near, uh, even though I wasn't someone who changed, sometimes I would stay near my cousins um, here who I really trusted and who did change. Sometimes I would stay near you because you were the person who I felt um, uh, cast. You can't see who I'm looking at. Sometimes I would stay near you cast because I, I see you as a bit of a shield between you and my parents. Um, and I think I just kind of refused. And I think there had been enough fights about me and where I was going to be that people didn't push push me to sit somewhere different and it kind of slowly started to trickle into the other um the other young people in particular I think especially started being like if, if they're sitting there like where like I'm gonna go sit over there too um and just kind of slowly got less and less enforced so there's at least one space where the family was together where I felt like there was not um where I can just kind of be wherever pool table <laughs> yeah <laughs> Do your, do your parents oh go ahead go ahead <laughs> do your parents still come to the gatherings after the rift and are they welcome there by the rest of the i think they i think they do i think they're welcome um i think that it's it's one of those things where like like you know those really awkward holiday dinners um <laughs> it's like that but once a month where like everyone's invited <laughs> But you know that people are saying shady things afterwards, maybe even while they're, they think they're out of earshot or actually out of earshot. Um, I think that uh, for as much frustration as I have with, with Auntie Olivia, I think that she, um, I can see the animosity she has towards my parents. Um, because like, regardless, that's, that's not how you do things. Um, even if they were right, in terms of, even they were right about me, they were wrong about how how to respond to me. That was my exact question, Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have, or have you like done that thing that I, you know, totally do not do IRL of like playing <laughs> conversations with your parents like in your head and like rehearsing things and being like, okay, like this is the thing that I would want to say to them that would really show them how I feel and like even if they didn't accept it I could be really proud of it like kind of just doing that rehearsal thing and like what does that what are the circumstances of that make-believe scene like in your head yeah so um back to the comic I I draw these scenes out um between me and my parents um uh and I think that um, Isabel is the only person I've shown those comics to I don't say that they don't say that it's me but like it's really transparently me <laughs> um and i think the circumstances uh of that are um it varies sometimes it's at the family gathering um uh and it's me telling them uh telling them who i am and that they they need to accept me for who i am and um uh and that they should have come after me 
Um, I think that's the, the, the key idea is that they shouldn't have let me just leave. Um, uh, again, I don't know that they reached out to you and got really angry at you, <laughs> but, um, uh, and usually it ends with them apologizing very profusely and me walking away and still continuing to live with my cool cousins. But <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And there's a panel that says something like, and then they were sad forever. Um, <laughs> that's how it ends in my mind. We all like live on the same floor or something. Like we all have our own apartments, but we're like on the same building. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like every sitcom where everyone's like very conveniently living within yeah. like the same apartment complex or like across the street. Yep. yep. Uh, any other follow up questions? I think we are ready then for interlude three. And Kristen, if you could read this out loud and be the first to answer. Yeah. Another community invites you to attend their own monthly gathering. It is far away from your family home, so you would not be able to attend both during the same full moon. How do you reconcile your feelings about your options? What do you decide? Uh, So I know we didn't talk a whole lot about maybe other communities, but I do think that uh, Isabella is probably like a social butterfly. Sorry, Kristen is not in real life. And so I couldn't even get through that with a straight face. (laughs) But Isabella is a social butterfly. uh, And I think has, has another community uh, set of friends that uh, she's very close with she's not loving as much as her cousins of course but she does want to go and she does want to experience their traditions and their rituals and see what that is like um so I think she reconciles her feelings by being defensive and thinking that she's always at the family gatherings and that she does her part all the time and um she can she deserve like not deserves but like she has to go through in her mind and justify why it's okay that she goes to this other community for this this um monthly gathering uh so I think that she does go for this month um yeah I think she goes and I know it doesn't ask but I think she has a good time and then Marion uh yeah I think that um in in maybe sort of trying to find other uh friends or in trying to search for that one cousin um that Beria gets involved like finds other wear communities and is invited to go to some uh to a community that is werebears um and initially was maybe mad at Isabella for choosing at some point to go um because it's like but we always do this together um and said fine if you're not gonna be here on 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 this particular month I'm gonna find another place where I can go because I don't want to be here um and uh kind of does it out of spite but ends up enjoying themselves um and maybe might consider not coming every month to the family gathering 
but also was told, hey, you can invite anyone with you. So it's sort of like, hey, if you want to go let's see some werebears, come with me. I think for Cass, it was that there was, it wasn't like another werewolf family or group. It was like kind of like a new agey or like a witchy group. Because uh, I'm trying to think of like other reasons people would gather on the full moon. Because I think part of it was like Cass was like, you know, I don't transform, so I don't necessarily need to be with other people who do transform. Like, that was the initial thinking. And so they started hanging out with, like, this other crew that was, like, into kind of supernatural stuff, but not, like, like not in, like, the, like, we were literally going to go out into, like, the woods and transform the wolves, like, variety. Um, but then it kind of started feeling weird to miss the family gathering because like like one month missing it felt weird enough and then when I contemplated missing it like two months in a row it made me really anxious I think just because also like that's what I'm used to doing um and I also discovered that I even though I don't transform because it was such a like big part of like me growing up like being in this environment where like I can talk freely about this thing um that ended up being more important to me and like weirdly my mental health than I anticipated. So I do kind of like try to switch it up of like, all right, sometimes I will go to this other thing, but I'm not going to like berate myself internally for what I feel like I do want to go back to the family home and like be with them. Like I'm not going to like give myself a really hard time about it, um, which works sometimes. Uh, and then, yeah, Jeremy. Uh, so. Um, uh, I think that, um, so the, the gathering I go to or the gathering I get invited to, um, uh, isn't specifically a full, full moon gathering. It, the time I get invited just happens to be on the full moon. Um, it's, um, it's a, uh, local, um, local ish. I mean, it's not that local, I guess, but it's a group I met online. Um, and it's like a, like other queer and trans young people. Um, they're all like around my age, 16, 17, 18. Um, and uh, it's, um, oh, nope, that's what it is. It's a, it's a camp. It's a summer. It's a queer teen summer camp. And so I would be missing three of the full moon gatherings. Um, and like that feels, to me, feels unheard of. Whether or not it is, it feels unheard of. <laughs> um, uh, but I think partly probably inspired by, um, some of the other family members, um, here, uh, who, who have attended other gatherings, um, I decide that I want to go for it. Um, and I think, I, I think I asked Cass, um, like permission, you're my caregiver. And I imagine you're probably pretty supportive. <laughs> yeah. Um, and since I don't change, I don't have to worry about, hiding anything I just need not to mm. tell them anything um and it it feels good um to just get that distance it's the longest I think I've been away um and I really needed it um and I think it feels good enough that I'm trying to decide like you know by the end of it I'm trying to decide like what that means for me in terms of like am I gonna am I gonna go off to college one day am I gonna am I gonna move away as I'm an adult am I gonna stay here I, I know I want to stay connected to a lot of these folks but maybe I don't need to be a part of this ritual to be a part of this family I think I'm trying to figure that out 
Uh, and that leads us to our epilogue, which uh, Kristen, if you could read this out loud. And then again, this works as an interlude, so we'll all be answering individually the same question. Okay. Time passes. Whatever family you have chosen for yourself, you now make the rules for the monthly gathering. How are your gatherings different from the ones you experienced before? Uh, let's see. I, I think that in the monthly gatherings that um, that I make the rules for, I, I think the first thing Isabella did was have everyone cook in the kitchen together. Everyone who wanted to, right? You don't have to if it's not your thing. Um, but I think that it's it's gone on for so long now that we've managed to kind of um, I don't want to say forget, but the new norm, the new norm is that everyone in the kitchen cooks and, and bakes together. Um, I do think that there are some things that she held on to. Uh, like, I think that she still enjoys transforming and I think that she still wears big gold hoop earrings when she does. So I don't know why that was in my head. Um, but I think that the gatherings feel a little less tense than the ones I experienced before um, and a little more welcoming. And I don't think that I realized that the family gatherings I had been a part of had had a feeling of unwelcome uh, until I kind of made, until I, until I got older and then made the rules for this one and then realized that it's for Isabella is a, a much needed and improved change. Uh, Miriam. Uh, yeah. So I think uh, to sort of, rather than to put all the work or sort of hosting on one person or one place, especially since maybe we're all not necessarily in the same location anymore, we change it up like we rotate as hosts. So um, where I am at the moment, I think I'm actually in a group of where creatures we're all sort of varying where where like it's not just werewolves it turns out there's werebears there's where where foxes who knew um and uh we it's sort of like a ragdag group of uh people who can transform and even those who can't um they're there to um be in the company of those who can uh and uh there's no expectations on them to do any like you know the whole the women go do the things the men do the stuff there is a um there's a rainbow of uh um transformers of gender identities amongst the transformers and those who don't and uh i eventually did find i think the cousin and uh the gatherings are different in that yes there might be a bit of a divide but that's only for sort of allowing those who transform sort of okay we're going to go to the wilds and also making sure the people who can't have something to do while the transformers are going and transforming but there's no uh expectations especially gender expectations of what that is i think for Cass. um sometimes i think like probably they end up going to like one of your hosted events like they you know they kind of jump around a bit every once in a while but fairly regularly um like most months they 
kind of host a big camping party because they realized that part of like what the thing was was that they feel like very connected to nature and like they need to be out in nature and there is something about being out there with other people in a, some kind of community that feels very grounding and so what the, the form of like their fa- their gathering is that like a bunch of people kind of set up tents together and like some people might have like camper vans and whatnot and like everyone you know they cook over an open fire and you know tell ghost stories and they do s'mores like do the whole thing um play <laughs> forest games I don't know whatever games people play when they go camping um and like people can also there's like time for people to go off in the woods alone if they want to if like there are people who like transform and there so there is kind of like solo time for everyone and then there's like group time for everyone and it is like it is structured like there is still that spreadsheet loving aspect of Cass's identity <laughs> um where it's like okay this is the slot of time in which people can do like their solo thing I'm like this is the time when like <laughs> this activity will be available um and like this is a time where it's like people might be sleeping so please don't make so much noise during this particular hour of the night um and that is what ends up kind of I think it takes a little while to like get to that point of like realizing that's what they that what feels right to them um but once they reach it it kind of feels like the perfect balance of things and like every once in a while um somebody else gets to get be in charge of that so that they can drop by one of your gatherings I love it yeah, yeah. then Jeremy um so I think that uh jazz <laughs> forgot my name for a second uh, I think the jazz I think that I um so I end up living in a uh like a big old queer co-op um I insisted when we moved in that it should be called the wolf house um but uh uh wolf home wolf home um which is a wonderful movie, by the way. Um, but, uh, and so there's like, there's like seven or eight of us. Um, none of us transform, um, but uh, we've been living together long enough. We're close enough that uh, everyone knows about my family. Um, I think that some of them, if not all of them, have actually come to the original family gathering. Um, uh, and, uh, but I think, so when we, when we host monthly, um, when we host the the event, um it's in some ways similar in some ways the exact opposite of when cast hosts it. there are no spreadsheets there's no schedule um but we do still all go out to the um woods together um and the idea is that none of us sleep we stay up all night um we all stay up all night and we all are exhausted the next morning um and uh who gives a fuck whether or not we transform um, we're still all out there doing this together. Um, uh, some of us might run off by ourselves at times, but um, the point is that we we all eat together. We all go out to the woods together um, and then we all come back in the morning together. Um, and it's it's really about that again, that being together and uh, and having a space to kind of let loose and be free for a night um, where no one, because it's just us and the other where folks and the other folks who know about where folks um and no one's there to like tell us how we should act uh and that's the game <laughs> that's what women are werewolves i love um, it yay <laughs> oh i just remembered something where uh you know that cave behind the waterfall you can only reach oh, it when you're in wolf form oh do you have to like do a big old jump or something 
Yeah, or like you have to be like on all fours and a certain size to fit in sort of a thing. Oh man, yeah. I, I feel <laughs> like I probably got my head stuck in there or something trying to be in there in human form. Um, there is a debrief, there's a few debrief questions if you all are up for a debrief kind of situation or I know I it's also sir. getting late. Um, where is my debrief? Here it is, okay. Um, so feel free to go as like personal or like not personal as you like. It's really mm-hmm. just like whatever you feel. Um, but the first one is share one of the following, uh, a moment that felt particularly close to home or a prompt that you had to give extra thought to. Um, and I will go ahead and go first. Um, I had to give a lot of these a lot of thought, um, but I think something that felt close to home was um, the whole vibe of like, wanting to be part of the boys club but like not sure why really and does it mean that I do I always want to be part of the boys club or is like is it simply that I don't like being barred from like any group based on like a gender thing um and kind of like working those feelings out for Cass um like that's definitely something that I have like a, a recurring theme in my life of like especially when I was younger of kind of realizing that I was gravitating towards these groups that maybe like did not particularly want me based on like gender stuff um and trying to figure out like how do I mesh with them how to like how do I present myself in a way where they will like accept me as one of their own Mm. and then kind of we'll do this however however anybody is called to answer so we don't have to go as to our turn order before uh I can I can go next. I think for me, the question of the getting a gift that was well-meaning, um, definitely that, um, especially the way I answered it, uh, I've had those things where I'm very careful, either I have to be super explicit or um, very careful about how I say it, because it then becomes the uh, standing order for all time. Like, for example, if I said, like, I, I said that I like dark chocolate, but the thing is, the actual nuance to it is I like certain types of dark chocolate. And now all I get is dark chocolate. And it's like, but I don't want dark chocolate all the time. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that, that to me stood out. Me, that, that same question was um, one that I obviously had to give a lot of thought to. <laughs> uh, thank you, Kristen, for jumping in to, to answer that one. Um, and I think part of the reason is, because um, right, the, the way it was, the question was framed was uh, like a time when you asked for something small but gender confirming and were kind of given something else. Um, uh, or what did they give you instead? And I can't imagine um, when I was 17 asking for something gender confirming um, that is so outside of the realm of what seems even possible to have asked for um, from from my family, um, and and my family wasn't and I and I wasn't um, my family hadn't particularly rejected things, but I, I think well-meaning, but um, <laughs> well-meaning uh, is a good description, and so I think that was something that that for me I was like, what would be something that would feel safe enough to ask for? Um, that I would be willing to ask for um, or that uh, Jazz would be willing to ask for. It's the same question. 
<laughs> I'm not just jumping on the bandwagon. It's the same question because, and the reason I picked that one is because I gave an answer um, that kind of popped into my head more quickly than an- than answers typically do. And it wasn't until like a couple questions later that I realized that it was a very like subconscious <laughs> answer, which is probably why it was there so quickly, which is in my experience with certain people uh, growing up, um, being female meant very specific things, right? Lots of makeup, um, waxing your eyebrows, shaving your arms and legs all the time, right? Very, very specific things we do as women. And uh, it just, I think the reason it sticks out is because I didn't realize I was pulling from my own experience until, like I said, like two questions later. And I was like, that tricky Julian. There she goes. There they go with their questions. <laughs> I'm Trixie. <laughs> and the next is, what is a piece of advice that your character would give you? And then also, what is a piece of advice you would give your character? Oh, let me answer for this. I think um, uh, something similar to that, one of the last things I said, I think my, my character would say something like, you know, who gives a fuck if you transform? <laughs> but like, uh, I, I think the advice my character would give me is like, fuck them. Like you, you gotta do you and there's gonna be people, um, there's gonna be, there's always gonna be those cool cousins, whether they're you know, biological family or not, there's always gonna be those cool cousins who are gonna support you. And there's always gonna be those other people who don't, so fuck them. <laughs> and I think the advice I would give is um, like check in with people when you're not, when you're not sure how they like what they think um check if, if you care enough um i think that was one of the things that was resonating with me about uh jazz was the the feeling of like i don't know how i feel about Cass. um so i think like talk talk to them <laughs> that would be my advice is like talk to them <laughs> definitely not my advice to my younger self current self <laughs> This is, for some reason, this time, this is tougher for me than usual. And this is usually my favorite debrief question. But like, I think my advice for Cass would be like, hey, you're like taking care of a teenager. You got to like be, if you're going to take on that responsibility, you got to like really take it on and be like very open with communication and like make things clear about like, you know, in which ways you are supporting them and like what, like, what's going on with your communication with like potential like other people who are in the picture such as like the parents and stuff and like it might seem that the situation is like oh no 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 like they've got it on like they seem like you know they've got it handled like it's okay like don't just like make assumptions that because it's not being talked about that it doesn't like need to be talked about essentially and I feel like Cass's advice for me would be something along the lines of and this is going to be like to do as I say not as I do coming from Cass <laughs> but something along the lines of like you don't owe anyone like an explanation for like who you are and like why you feel the way you do especially when it comes to like gender identity or your identity in general and like even if people see you as kind of like just not settled yet in an identity like that doesn't like it is okay to be unsure of things and it is okay to not be static in your identity and like to want different things at different times and to like identify more strongly 
with like different people at different times like that's just that is just how it is and you don't like owe people like a explanation or to like you don't need to defend yourself (laughs) i guess i can go next um i think like if it isn't obvious that my character is a little wish fulfillment um (laughs) uh i i think my advice to them would be to uh find a sense of self outside of the family because like the way my character was very attached to the cousins and the particular cousins and sort of like that sort of a thing and i think beria's advice to me would be to uh treasure found family and actually sort of work on being a family rather than sort of oh friends i have no family i am i am an adult orphan you know all those things uh yeah this is another good one uh i think isabella's advice to me would be definitely do as i say not as i do um in that you don't if you want to do something outside tradition or outside of family, you don't have to spend a lot of time justifying it or, or explaining it away or why you've earned it. Uh, it's okay just to do what you want, especially if your intention is not to harm anyone else. Uh, and I think that my advice to Isabella would be to, um, to speak up more clearly. It doesn't have to be, confrontation doesn't have to be angry or cruel. Um, it can just be clear and honest and just because someone is a has a specific title or a specific role does not mean that they are right all the time. It does not mean that you can't uh, defend what you feel is right to that person, regardless of their title. And then finally, uh, just share something you are looking forward to in the next week in real life to kind of take our headspace back into the real world. Uh, for me, tomorrow... I'm playing some kind of puzzle game with friends online and I have no, I, it's like, it, uh, it's called like Isklander, I want to say, where it like, it looks very cinematic. And then I, we, it's like an internet scavenger hunt from what I understand. I know like very little about it, but I like puzzle games. So that should be fun. <laughs> that is a good question to get you out of the character headspace. Um, I am going to be Twitch modding for a couple of panels for Big Bad, not a not a plug for big big bad i'm just genuinely looking forward to um being able to be part of the conversation as a twitch mod i haven't done it before on a panel um for a convention so i'm really excited to be able to be part of the conversation and at the same time get to at least half listen uh to a few different panels so that's i'm looking forward to doing that uh i um will unabashedly plug Big Bad Con <laughs> and say that I am plugging Big Bad and I am really looking forward to my panel with Kristen and Miriam on uh, during Big Bad Con um, that is at uh, 9, 10 p.m. Mountain Time. So that's 11, 10 p.m. <laughs> Eastern, uh, 8, 10 p.m. Uh, Pacific on Saturday. Um, that is what I'm really looking forward to. Um, and also tomorrow I get to meet with the president and the uh, vice president of the Pride Alliance for the university I work at because I'm the advisor for the Pride Alliance. Um, And uh, we've been having trouble connecting. And so it's my first chance getting to meet with the two of them. I'm super excited for how the club is going. I'm doing a lot of stuff for Big Bad. I'm definitely excited for that. 
um, not just the panel. Uh, also, it's kind of been a bit of my bucket list of uh, appearing on a panel as not a diversity person and as a part of a cast. So this is great that our panel is going to be as a cast, um, as well as we have something to share, but uh, we're a cast and it's great to mm. that feeling of being part of that cast. But also the biggest, most important thing, we uh there's a local shawarma shop that has like a loyalty program so we finally got into that you know if you order from us five times the sixth order you get a huge discount it's a it's that meal now so we're gonna we're gonna have like a nice big shawarma like arabic food thing on saturday um so i'm very i'm looking very forward to that i live in for that like a stamp like card right that life yeah. is just like I have thirty dollars off that's a lot of food yeah, man, that's that is a celebration. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's the debrief for women are werewolves. Um, and that's that is the game. Uh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show and running this game and also playing in it. Um, I had mentioned in the break that I was so looking forward to not only playing this game, but also playing with you as you are someone in the TRPG community that I really look up to. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you'd like to play this game, Women Are Werewolves, uh, you can check out the link that will be that is posted in Twitch chat. Um, and if you're going to be catching this on uh, as a podcast or a VOD, it'll be there in our show notes. It's not out yet. The Kickstarter is going to be on October 26th. Uh, October 26th so uh, keep a lookout for that and we'll also post uh, it when it's live in our socials uh, and uh, let's quickly go around the table one last time and uh, plug ourselves and what we do and um, uh, why aren't uh, why aren't you going to be at Big Bad Con <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll, st we'll start first uh, I, I realized as I said that I didn't mean to call you out <laughs> <laughs> It was it was my witty attempt at sort of being like, hey, what are you doing on Saturday and why isn't it be at Big Bad Con sort of a thing? Or why is it at Big Bad Con? Um, but yes, please, uh, Julian, please plug yourself so that we get to know yeah. more about you. Uh, first, thank you so much for having me here. This was great. And I loved playing this with you all. Um, this was fantastic. And yeah, what, where am I on Twitter? I'm a <laughs> why Julian Kim. I'm like 99% sure that's right uh, on, on Twitter. And then, yeah, Women Aware was coming to Kickstarter um, on October 26th, being published by Ninth Level. And yeah, Big Bad Con kind of just like took me by surprise. I kind of like didn't realize the timing of it and stuff. And then by the time like I realized it was happening, it was kind of like too late for me to get in on things because I've been very, I've been very uh, busy this autumn so far. <laughs> but I am sad. I will be like rooting for you all. Oh, thank you. Uh, Jeremy. Cool. Um, thank you again, Julian. This game was amazing. It was it lived up to every hope I had, and I have been very effusive about how excited I am about this game. Um, uh, so I'm uh, everyone, I'm Jeremy. Uh, I'm a queer multiracial black um, uh, educator, uh, streamer, and game designer. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at HarkMorper, um, H-A-R-K, M-O-R-P-E-R, um, and you can find my games. Um, I try to make games about uh, the complexities of connecting um, in a world that's sometimes hostile towards you and your identities. 
Um, and so uh, you can find my games on itch, uh, harkmorber.itch.io. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, have a, one or two new things coming out soon. Yay. Yeah, echoing how wonderful this game is. Um, I was able to talk with uh, both designers about it and um, after hearing like their inspiration and uh, creation process, I was very, very excited to play it. And it, it did absolutely lived up to all my, my hopes. So um, I'm Kristen, you can find me on Twitter at Kristen is no Jedi. Um, when I'm not here, I'm designing games, I'm writing for games. I also am over on Tabletop Babble, where I host a show called Tabletop Crowd, where I talk to folks who have gaming-related crowdfunding projects coming out, much like Julian and Kaz. Um, in fact, uh, if you are watching this live, then I have an episode dropping with them um, next week. And if you're listening to this on our podcast or watching the VOD, it's out now. So please go listen. Um, that is on the Geekspective Network, and it is uh, at Tabletop Crowd. My other big project right now is Adorablins, which is a family-friendly, rules-light role-playing game where you get to play adorable little goblins that were designed by Amber, who's at Rocket Orca on Twitter and will be coming to Kickstarter in January. Our Kickstarter pre-launch page is now up and we're hoping to get to 100 followers by next week. It just went up this week. Um, and so if you follow me, um, again, at Kristen is No Jedi, or if you follow either of the publishers, which is Dice Up Games, uh, my company, as well as Letterman Games, then you can find the Kickstarter link there. Um, yeah, Miriam. Uh, yeah, so uh, you can find me on Twitter at media underscore junkie. Uh, you can find me around here every alternate Thursdays running this wonderful show with my wonderful co-hosts. Uh, and uh, it's it's just a chance for me to get to know more designers and play all these cool games that I never get time to play um, under the guise of a show. Uh, <laughs> and uh, aside from the um, big bad plug, uh, we do have a panel which will be Saturday, October 23rd, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, hopefully there'll be a VOD for it later if you're watching it as a VOD and we'll probably link or do something in our socials when, when that's out. Um, and it's about behind the scenes of running this very show. Um, yeah. So if you're, if you're curious to know, uh, what, uh, what it takes, uh, to run the show, you know, sort of peek behind the veil, uh, definitely see it, try to, uh, attend that panel. And as for myself, I, uh, have been uh, busy running quite a few games. There's going to be a Bluebeard's Bride special with one of my co-hosts uh, here in it, um, which will be next week on Utopia. And um, I also have a game out called Flats and Fangs, where you get to play vampire roommates. Um, uh, yeah, I, I have quite a few things, and my Twitter is probably the best place to find it. And uh, with that, that's our show for tonight. Um, please join us next time uh, for our next show, which uh, I believe we're playing Scarecrow next. Uh, yeah, we're going to be playing Scarecrow. So please tune in for that. Uh, and uh, goodbye, everyone. Thank you again.
Dare Super Geek is brought to you by Misdirected Mark Productions.